I'm Marcelo Pico, and with me is... Matt Curione, and we just want to ask you one question. Hey, what you watching? What you watching? What you watching? Okay, so what are we watching, Matt? Or what have we watched? Is this past uh, tense or present tense? The The title is in current tense, is in present tense, but we will be talking about things we watched in the past. There you go. And that's what we're doing for this little episode. What have we watched? Okay, so the last thing I watched, well, I've actually watched a few things in the last two days, but uh, one of the big things is the number one movie in America, Straight Outta Compton. Matt. Yes. What did you think of Straight Outta Compton? I loved it. Um, Not only is it one of the best musical biopics in years, it's one of the best musicals in years. I mean, you could definitely watch this as a hip-hop musical, and uh, it didn't shy away from, I mean, it shied away from, like, some of, like, the the harder stuff, uh, which is expected, I guess, because, you know, two of the principal characters are also producers of the film, so, I mean, they're not going to want to uh, put them in too harsh a light, uh, but other than that, I mean, it's really good. Uh, it gets dark and gritty when it needs to. Um, I was floored by the performances. I mean, I think everyone here is cast perfection. Uh, it hits all those biopic beats without getting, you know, overwrought and silly. Uh, the cinematography is beautiful. And it's really relevant, I think, uh, especially with all the terrible things that have been happening in the news, which seems to be every day when it comes to police violence and brutality and they got into that into the movie, and uh, yeah, it's extremely relevant uh, in that case. Uh, yeah, I loved it. It's uh, one of my favorite films of the year. I liked it. I did not love it. I I was just having a conversation with, with a friend of mine who also saw it, and yeah, the the uh, the 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 thing you mentioned about it not being it not showing everything, it like maybe mm. omitting some things, especially. The things that Dr. Dre has done. Um, oh yeah, yeah. It 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 sort of bothered me, especially when it makes the movie makes Dr. Dre out to be a saint. Um, the, and he definitely wasn't. No, That's no. Thing. And yeah, there's a uh, there's a scene when he where he walks into Death Row Records and Suge <laughs> Knight is torturing somebody with a dog, and Dr. Dre essentially is like, "Hey, what's going on here? I'm not like this. This is not yeah. right." It, a little bit over the top. Um, yeah, and <laughs> that is like my main complaint. Other than, other than that, I really love the the actors in this. I love the direction. Uh, F, what's his name? F. Gary Gray is F. Gary Gray, who has one of the coolest names ever. <laughs> For the longest time, I thought he was F. Gary Gary. That's how dumb I am. <laughs> oh well, that would actually that would be even a cooler name. <laughs> <laughs> but no, F. Gary Gray. This is my favorite movie he's done. Um, I've seen a few others. I think. The Italian job was was just fine, and the negotiator was fine. But no, this is like leaps and so bounds. This is the only this is the only one I've seen. Uh, you haven't seen Law Abiding Citizen? No, actually, no. I I saw Friday when I was a kid. Oh, that's and, right, Friday. Uh, Friday, yeah, yeah, Friday is fine. I, I yeah, it's, I think it's still funny. But no, this is leaps and bounds his best movie. Oh yes. Um, Especially on like on, on a just a style level, just he shoot- style and like on a technical level, it's 
I mean, the, leaps and bounds. There are exemplary shots. There are Fincher esque shots that oh, yes. sort of blew me away. The, the cinematography is. Yeah, the cinematography is really something special. Yeah, really great. And and yeah, there's one of my favorite shots probably in 2015 is one is like there's a single shot. There's a one take shot. It's that tracking shot going yeah, down yeah. the street. Oh, with, it, uh, the guys on uh, motorbikes. Oh no, yeah, there's that one. But the one I'm talking about is. Uh, it takes place in the hotel, like they're having a party. Oh yes, and, where the camera just follows them. Yeah, yeah, and if it goes through the hotel room and crazy hijinks are going on, like where he's uh, where they're looking for Felicia. Yeah, they're <laughs> looking for Felicia, and it just darts through the hotel room and follows like NWA as they grab their mm-hmm. <laughs> to grab their guns and some crazy shit happens. But that's yeah, a fantastic that scene, take. That scene stood out to me, and also the opening sequence with Easy E. That's right, yeah. Uh, where he's running from the police. Uh, I thought that was really well done. Yeah, and there are moments that really, really pumped me up. It electrified me. Like, when mm-hmm. the the origin of Fuck the Police was... Yes, yes. Because, like, they, yeah, they, they they deal with that, um, that, uh, that racism from the cops, like, firsthand. And then, like, a moment later, they're back in the studio and they go, Hey, I have an idea. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and then boom, <laughs> fuck the police happens, and it's it's a beautiful moment in that film. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. And then, and then, yeah. Like, okay, the Dr. Dre thing bothered me, but then, yeah, towards the end, it kind of loses focus. Um, <clears throat> it, it's hard. They, they they do try to squeeze in a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah. It it almost becomes uh, a Cliff Notes version of of what happens in like the late nineties. Mm-hmm. It it. It, it didn't bother me that much, but but the the thing that bothered me um, was like little cameos by these by you know Snoop Dogg. Well, not little, uh, not a literal literal cameo, but like uh, yeah, the his, character. His character Snoop Dogg comes in for two scenes. Tupac Shakur comes in for a scene, and it's like, is it really necessary? I don't know. Yeah, it, it felt very. Um, it, you've seen Walk Hard, right? Yes, I have. It's wonderful. <laughs> it, it, I love that movie. That's and, a really fun movie. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it it shines a light on those tropes, and and uh, I think Straight Outta Compton falls into some of the tropes, especially when like Tupac Shakur shows up. It's very similar to in Walk Hard when Elvis Presley shows up. He goes, "Hey, I'm Elvis Presley." <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm Elvis. Hi, I'm Elvis. Next scene. <laughs> but hey, you know. Um, I guess those are my complaints, but hey, I, I, I still dug the hell out of this movie. I think it, yeah, like I said, so stylistic. I love the actors, especially the actor who plays Easy E. Is yeah, he was uh, something else. Tremendous. Uh, and you, I was really impressed by uh, Ice Cube's son, O'Shea Jackson. Yeah, O'Shea. I thought uh, it's not really a thing that you would expect. It's like, oh, of course the guy's going to play his father, uh, which actually led to some really weird moments during the screening that I saw where I would turn and then it's like, wait, he's playing his father and she's playing his mother and she's pregnant with him, <laughs> the actor right now. It, it, it was a lot of like, wait, what? That's kind of weird, but it worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was, yeah, it was weird that he looks, I mean, it's his son. Oh, he so looks just like his father. Just like I, like Ice Cube. It was, it was kind of bizarre. Um, yeah, but uh, hey, he did a good job. Yeah, he did did a really good job. Yeah, um, and also we can't forget Paul Giamatti as as Jerry yes, Heller. Yes. <laughs> um, actually, in the review for the website that I'm with, uh, the audience is everywhere. Uh, the review said, uh, 
in most movies I see, Paul Giamatti has the best performance. Uh, and in Straight Outta Compton, he has maybe the fourth best performance, and that's saying something about this movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, he, he's a supporting character, and he... I mean, yeah, there are like a few scenes where he goes a little bit over the top, but he just keeps it... Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, but... but that, that's... It's his best role since Amazing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> For sure. I think he plays the same character, right? He plays Rhino I think so. He plays the Rhino in this. Uh, there's a post credit sequence where uh, Jerry Heller finds the uh, Rhino armor. <laughs> I don't know if it, I don't know if they showed that during your screening, but uh, I think it's a spoiler alert. We should. We should oh, sorry, oh, guys. Sorry. Yeah, he's totally the rhino, and then uh, what's his name comes in and is like, ah, I'm a Spider Man. Let me go. With, <laughs> I have I have Spider stuff. I am a Spider Man. <laughs> I'm, I'm a Spider Man. Look at me go. <laughs> okay, so yeah, straight out of Compton, one of your favorites of the year. Um, uh, yeah, it's actually ranked number three right now. Ah. Uh, um, uh, it's uh, Mad Max, Black Hat, Straight Outta Compton. I think I just placed it. Uh, I think on, on my number eleven slot. So. Oh, nice. It, nice. It, it. I mean, yeah. I. Um, as much as I want to um, critique it and like point out the the things I didn't like, just like I said before, the 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 good elements, the stuff that stands out, really stands out. And yeah, mm-hmm. I, I had a blast with it. Uh, by the end of it, but damn it, like yeah, my main complaint is that Doctor Dre thing because I read an article this morning. Um, oh, so did I. I've read the articles and yeah, I've had people bring this up, and I'm like, well, it's a movie. Uh, yeah. If I want all the facts, I'll read that article or I'll just watch a documentary on NWA. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it it, it does bother me a bit, especially when you. You read that in the original script, like they they had Dr. Dre beating up, um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I forget her name, um, D, uh, D. Barnes, right? I think that's her name. Uh, but yeah, that could also be in the extended cut. Yeah, yeah. Because- uh, the first the first cut of this film was three and a half hours long. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, they cut out an hour uh, to make a theatrical release of this, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that eventual director's cut. Oh, It'll hey. be uh, very interesting. I, I I do hope I do hope he he releases it, um, Mister Gary. I already forgot his name, Gary Gray. F F yeah. Gary Gray. Um, because yeah, it you know it does feel disjointed in the end, but I was okay with it. You know, I yeah. I, I I do like that. I mean, yeah, okay. The ending I didn't especially like because it does lose focus, but I I, I like the it becomes very. Um, Episodic. It's like, oh, uh, there's some beef between uh, Ice Cube and NWA, and oh, mm-hmm. here is Dr. Dre in a studio making the Chronic, and oh, um, here is uh, Easy E and him dealing with like uh, uh, ruthless records, like sort of going downhill. So it, See, it, I think I, I think I did forgive a lot of the, uh, a lot of the uh, any of the flaws the film had because I'm such a fan of the music. Oh yeah, it, it it does a great job of especially during that um, that that uh, that beef sequence when oh, yeah. when 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 uh, when uh, Giamatti's character and NWA are listening to Ice Cube's <laughs> song uh, no va- no Vaseline yeah yeah and they listen yeah. they they listen to like, almost the entire thing <laughs> mm-hmm. and yeah mm-hmm. and we're just there with them listening to it and yeah oh god it is that's another favorite scene of mine yeah yeah and then he turns it off he's like yo what. <laughs> He's like, we need to sue. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, so yeah. And uh, fun fact: Suge Knight is and still uh, was and still is a crazy person because he is uh, the hip hop supervillain like, oh, no, in real is. life. Uh, during the production of this film, he ran people over on set. Exactly. I, I uh, he was kicked off the set, and then he 
ran people over because he was upset that he wasn't allowed where they were filming. Oh, wait, that he, happened, like, on the set of this film? Oh, yeah, he tried to get on the set, they said no, and then he met up with some people at a restaurant, and he ran them over in the parking lot. Oh, my Because they angered him. Yeah, he is the hip-hop supervillain. I, I had no idea that that, that was that, that incident was connected to, to this film. That Oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, that, yeah, oh, yeah, he's, uh... He's a crazy person. Oh, I know he's. I know he's insane. I mean, there's that story. Oh, yeah. There's a story about him um, holding vanilla ice out of uh, like a like a fight. Off, off a balcony. Yeah, off a balcony. Yeah. yeah, because he's a crazy person. Yeah, and and Bond villains do that. Somebody joked that they should make um they should make the straight out of Compton uh, uh expanded universe and have like a Suge Knight movie. <laughs> where, oh and, God, no! That's just that's just terrifying. It'd be the most terrible thing ever. It's like it, it would end with him running over somebody and just yeah. And him going to jail. Yeah, that's his. That's the end of his arc, right there. Um, he is an evil human being, and and that that I believe that I'm glad they kept in because oh yeah, because I mean everyone knows it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. Overall, hey, um, I, I I liked it. Um, I know you loved it. Oh, I really did. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'll probably see it again before it leaves theaters, which I have some time to do because it's making a ton of money, <laughs> which makes me really happy. Oh no, I I. Especially, uh, like you mentioned earlier, I think it yeah uh, it is an important film at times, especially when when they go through the uh, the, the riots. Um, oh my god, that was yeah. Uh, yeah that was that was brutal. That was pretty harrowing. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it it reminded me of Selma uh, during parts of it because mm-hmm. like 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 that movie it is very important, very timely. That's that this movie comes out. Oh yes, most definitely. And also unfortunate that that. That sh- kind of shit. That nothing has changed. Yeah, no. Shit's <laughs> it's, still going uh, on. really ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. Um, so, okay. I'll give you an option, Matt. Um, okay. Would you like to go to the Twitter line, or would you like to talk about more films we saw? Um, I would actually like to pose a question to you real quick. Okay, question. Uh, go ahead. Who gets the next hip-hop biopic? Uh, you asked me this the other day, and... Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure. I, we weren't recording. No, no, no. We weren't. We no, weren't okay. recording. Yeah. Yeah. Who, um, who gets? Who gets the next one? Uh, I've I've had some time to think about it, and I've come up with an answer. Uh, Jay Z. Uh, I would like to see okay. a, a Jay Z biopic. Um, he had an interesting uh, <laughs> um, career in in drug uh, <laughs> drug running uh, when he was yes. young. Yes. And yeah, um, I'm a huge fan of his. Uh, I uh, I think he's my favorite rapper. At this point, and yeah, I think he has an interesting, um, like, real life story to tell. So I'd be interested in that. Um, okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I, I know you had some uh, some interesting choices, right? Uh, my two choices are either uh, the Wu Tang Clan. Oh yeah. Because uh, that are that's like eight or nine uh, very distinct voices and stories that you could get into a film. Uh, with them, I mean, you could even just do their upbringing up until the making of 36 Chambers, and I think you'd have a really good film. Uh, my other preferred choice is actually the Beastie Boys. Uh, I think they're really interesting in the fact that, obviously, they're three white guys from Brooklyn, and they started out in the punk scene. So you would have... movie would almost be like half and half. Uh, it would start out in the punk scene, end up in hip-hop, and, uh, and in the media... Um, my my dream for it would be for it to be directed by Spike Jones, who did a lot of their music videos, and to have each era of their careers filmed in a style representative of one of the music videos from that era. 
like the same type of like camera techniques and such. I think that would be really, really interesting te- uh, way to do it. Oh yeah, that's that's brilliant, right there. <laughs> that is, yeah. Um, make that happen, Hollywood Studios. I know you. I know you listen to the Talk from Society podcast. So I mean, yeah. come on. I mean, we have uh, every big wig's ear right now. Uh, make a Beastie Boys movie. Uh, <laughs> I think it would be really, really cool. Oh yeah, it definitely would. And, and yeah, I I I love the Beastie Boys and their story. Just is it's fascinating. Um, yeah, it really is. Okay, so oh, you know what? Let's talk about a few more films, and then we'll get into the Twitter line. Um, okay, because I saw that you saw one particular film. Now I don't want to get into spoilers when when we talk about this. Yeah, we can't film. get into spoilers on this because we, we can we can just talk generally. Um, yeah, and because it, it's definitely a film that needs to be um, pointed talked out, about. Yeah, talked about. Yeah. Um, the gift. Yes, Joel Edgerton's The Gift, and uh, oh, that's a nasty, nasty movie. Uh, it's gross, it's vile, uh, I've heard it described as slimy, uh, and that's exactly what it is. It's uh, a really good, gross thriller, uh, and apparently Joel Edgerton is a sick, sick man to be able to uh, write this story and uh, come up with the things he comes up with. Uh don't watch the trailers for this because they do not sell it correctly at all. Uh, after seeing a couple of the trailers played over and over again during certain movies that I saw in the past couple months, uh, I didn't want to see it. Uh, those trailers look like garbage, uh, and they're not representative of the final film that you will see when you go see it. Uh, I'm really glad it's getting the response it's getting because it means we're going to get hopefully more from Joel Edgerton, who... I love the way he shoots a scene. Uh, there's always something in the foreground. And, uh, yeah, no spoilers, but uh, it's messed up. You should go see it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, you keep using the word gross, but uh, I'll just point out, it's not like um, like Cronenberg gross. There's no, like, body horror or, like, sick things. No, happening. it's not like that. It's, it's just it's, like... It's more like a, a mental fuckery that's going on. Yeah, it's... Uh, Depraved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I... And I, who knew he had it in him? <laughs> oh, exactly. And I, I went in knowing... I, I, I went in knowing little to nothing. I mean, I I didn't watch a trailer, and uh, I've only, like, seen... Yeah, don't watch those trailers. No, They're yeah, bad. Yeah, I've only seen, like, uh, like pictures of it, and that's it. And, and yeah, it surprised me <laughs> that the... Oh, God, I don't even want to talk about the ending, uh, like, in any way, because... Just you can't. No, you can't. You can't really. You can't talk about the last uh, two acts of this. No, no, exactly. Um, I'll just say that Jason Bateman is amazing in this. Um, without oh yeah, uh, playing against type too, which I really like. Yeah, <laughs> it's but yeah, playing against type, and then also playing. Oh, see, I don't want to give it away. It's sort of but like I, I will say that I love the Arrested Development reference. Oh, was uh, I don't know if you, do you, if you you've watched the show. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I love okay, the show. Uh, I don't the think way, I caught the, the reference. Oh, uh, the way Michael Booth is always going, saying, you know, you just got to put your head down and power through. <laughs> uh, that line comes up numerous times in The Gift, and every time I smiled, no matter what the subject matter was. <laughs> I was I, like, oh, okay, so he wrote this for Jason Bateman. I get it. <laughs> that's 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 brilliant. Um <laughs> <laughs> just got to put your head down, power through, you know? <laughs> Maybe I didn't catch it. You know, I, I was going to say that Bateman is, yeah, it's like a, 
yeah, it just feels like it was written for him because it plays on like all his pet on all Bateman's best traits. Mm-hmm. It's I think it's a perfect role for him because he just embodies his character, his like sense of humor, his smarminess, like it all shines through in this in this role. Yeah, so yeah, him, him really look, good. Uh, Rebecca Hall is always always great, and and, and she's yeah, she's wonderful. Yeah, uh, really liked her. I actually had to look her up. I did not know who she was. She but, w- she uh, was in one of my favorite um, most recent Woody Allen films, uh, Vicky, Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Yeah, I need to see that. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Um, and 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 if you're a Penelope Cruz fan like I am, she's pitch. Perfect. I like her too. So she, she's yeah, definitely watch. Maybe I'll watch maybe I'll finally one. take the movie off my shelf and watch it. That'd yeah, be yeah. Nice. <laughs> because of Rebecca Hall, I, I think that's when I first um, uh, learned about when I first um, got to know who Rebecca Hall was in that movie. Because yeah. I, I think she's the lead. Her and and I think oh, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, they're both mm-hmm. like the leads in that, and they're both. And I need to uh, need to point out the great supporting cast. For this, uh, it was nice to see uh, Busy Phillips from Cougar Town uh, show oh, up. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's uh, right. As soon as she popped in, I was like, oh, okay. And uh, I don't know her name, but she was the lead on the first season of Fargo. Oh. Uh, it was really cool seeing her uh, get more work after uh, that great season she had. Allison Tolman. Yes. Yeah. She's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I, uh, funnily enough, I saw her. Um, uh, do you watch the the, the show uh, Review on Comedy Central? Uh, no, no, I haven't, but I want to. It's a brilliant show. She was on the season premiere of uh, season two. Uh, she's, oh, okay. Yeah, so right. uh, I, 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 I love that she's getting more work and she's getting out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's uh, – uh, give her all. She deserves stuff. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, okay. That's as much as we can say about The Gift. Go see The yeah. Gift. Just go see it. Yeah. Uh... You'll be surprised. Yeah, it is, and you'll never look at Joel Edgerton the same way again. Oh, yeah, because yeah, um, I, he's a sick puppy. We sh- yeah, we should mention that he also stars in it, and he directs it, he writes it. Yeah, and yeah, like each 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 uh, each role he plays, like director, writer, actor, he's he's he excels in this. It, it's a yeah, the suspense uh, was really good. Yeah, yeah, because I had no, and idea. it was maintained throughout. Yeah. It, it, I had no idea what was going on. I was wondering how is this going to end? How is this going to mm-hmm. end? <laughs> I had like a knot in my stomach, and oh yeah, then things happened, and I was like, oh dear God, yeah. There you go. The so gift. It's good. Uh, it's good. It's good. It's a gift. It's a gift. <laughs> it is a gift. <laughs> um, okay. Do you have any more you want to talk about? Uh, well, I'm actually in the middle of my little Milos Forman marathon. Uh, I actually have. One more to watch. Uh, over the past week, I've watched uh, Ragtime, One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest, Man on the Moon, and uh, The People vs. Larry Flint, uh, which, after watching, uh, actually made my list of the top movies of the 90s, because it is a vital work, uh, how it deals with freedom of expression and freedom of speech. Uh, and I have one more to watch that actually pertains to the musical biopic, which is Amadeus. Ah, there you go. Uh, it also what? made me realize, uh, I mean, I love Amadeus. It's one of the best movies of the 80s. And it made me realize that, oh, hey, Milos Forman made three of the best movies of their respective decades of the 70s with Cuckoo's Nest, the 80s with Amadeus, and the 90s with Larry Flint. Uh, yeah, he's a good director. <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen Amadeus yet. Uh, he kind of knows. Oh, you should. It's uh, It messes with the facts, obviously, because... I don't know if you know the story uh, of Amadeus, how Salieri hated Mozart. Yeah. Uh, he didn't hate him in real life, but you need to do something sometimes to add dramatic effect. 
And it's actually based on the Broadway play of the same name. So pretty good stuff. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. So I have a few. I mean, like I said, I've watched a few in the last few days. I'll just point some out. Um, uh, I, I did a double feature last night of Straight Outta Compton and this other movie uh, called Ladies and Gentlemen, The Fabulous Stains. Oh, how was it? It was very good. Um so the fabulous stain stars Diane Lane, who is like really young in this. She plays the lead singer of a of a girl punk band, <laughs> and oh god, um, if I didn't love Diane Lane already, like this would like solidify my love for Diane Lane. Oh, she's great. She, I've always liked her. She is outstanding. Because um, she is she is a punk girl who doesn't give like two shits about anything. Like that. Nor should she. No, she's like witty. Her line, her line delivery, her, her performance. It's like brilliant. Like, uh, so, so she's the leader of this punk band and she starts off every performance by saying, we're the fabulous stains and we don't put out. (laughs) (laughs) She's dressed, she's dressed in like, uh, in like stockings and like a see-through shirt. And it is, a beautiful visual, um, just her like screaming at an audience saying, you know, you, you guys are slaves. You guys are full of shit. <laughs> and yeah, no, she's fantastic. And, um, yeah, the, the movies, it's, it, it was like little, little scene when it was first released in 1982. And, and it's the last movie that this guy directed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Adler, he right. Direct, he has, Lou Adler has directed yeah. two films, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the fabulous stains and Cheech and Chong's Up in Smoke. That's right. Uh, that, a couple years before. Yeah, that's the, that's the other one he did, and he also produced um, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes, he uh, did, and it's a sequel that I haven't seen, Shock Treatment. Oh uh, yeah, I haven't seen that one either. Yeah, I don't think anyone has. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I, actually, I know a bunch of people who have seen it, and they're constantly on my case to see it. So. Apparently it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Okay, so one last thing about the Fabulous Stains: uh, seek it out, um, however you can. Uh, yeah, I have to track this one down. Yeah, it, it also stars um, Laura Dern, uh, who's like really young in this. Uh, I'm I, on board. I'm already on board. They're um, uh, one of the programmers who presented this film, and and luckily I live in a fantastic city that where we have like a draft house theater. The Animal Draft House that screens these kinds of movies in 35 millimeter, which is amazing. Oh, nice. uh, yeah. So the programmer before the movie started said that Laura Dern, <laughs> at this point, had eman- uh, emancipated herself from her parents just to star in this movie. And I'm oh like, shit! Holy shit! <laughs> and, and now look at her; she's all buddy buddy with her dad. So yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. Um, and then it also stars. Um, uh, Ray Winstone, who is a, a, the lead singer. Oh, really? Yeah, the, the lead singer of of, of another uh, like a, a punk band in this film. And <laughs> man, he is super young in this, and he is still he still has like the Ray Winstone "I don't give a shit" attitude. Of course he does, because he's Ray Winstone. <laughs> he's he Ray doesn't Winstone. give a shit. Yeah. Oh yeah, but yeah. Um, I I pretty much fell in love with this movie. I love the the, the attitude it has. It it, cap- mm. it captures that moment in 82 of the, the punk rock scene. And yeah, I, I can't, um, I, I could keep praising this, but yeah, uh, I'll just leave it at that. Seek it out. Uh, la- ladies and gentlemen, the fabulous stains. All right. All right. Good. Okay. Oh, so, another one I've seen real oh, quick. Go ahead. Uh, Wes Craven's the people under the stairs. Oh, I, heard- uh, I saw that for the first time the other night. Thanks to, uh, scream factory's new, uh, awesome blu-ray release. That's packed with features. I swear. They are the criterion of horror movies. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> That's fucked up movie. <laughs> I, I, I haven't uh, seen it. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a nifty little Twin Peaks reunion on top of everything else. Uh, I don't know if you recall the. You've seen Twin Peaks? Oh yes, yes. 
okay, the woman in the first couple episodes, she has an eye patch. She wants to make the the way yeah. to do like yeah. Okay, uh, her and her husband in that play husband and wife in this, and they are basically a murderous husband and wife landlord duo who keep trying to have like. They, they kidnap local children and try to make them their own children, and if they don't work out, they lock them up in the basement. Holy crap. <laughs> uh, hence, the people under the stairs. I mean, I didn't think there was going to be literal people under the stairs. Uh, it's Wes Craven at his most, like, unhinged and, like, just batshit crazy. Uh, so, yeah, uh, if you get the chance, uh, check out the people under the stairs. Uh, I doubt you'll be disappointed. It is a batshit crazy movie. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, I'm I'm checking this out. Um, yeah, I heard your reaction. I'm like, yeah, they put people in the basement. Yo, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I've, I've heard people talk about it, but not in specifics. And actually hearing... Yeah, what, it's, uh, what's it's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty fucked up. All right. Oh, man. Um, yeah, yeah, he's a uh, he's a really good horror director, but he's also a really good horror writer. So oh, yeah. uh, definitely check out the people under the stairs. Oh boy. <laughs> okay, so I have one last one, and then we'll go to the Twitter line. Uh, how's that sound? Sounds great. Okay. Um, so what you watching? <laughs> I watched um, what might be my my see favorite film of the year. Maybe is the wrong word. The best film of the year uh, for me so far. I Mad saw- Max Fury Road. <laughs> no, there's. I mean, this film. Damn it! <laughs> I know, I know, it's blasphemous at this point. But hey, um, okay, this is like on, on another level of, of of film, like in general. Jesus, this is something else. This this is the look of silence. The, the, the oh, I've heard disturbing things. <laughs> oh man, like uh, for those who don't know, the look of silence is the. Is it's basically the sequel to the Act of Killing, um, which I couldn't finish. Yeah, it is. Okay, the Act of that Killing. That movie uh, messed with me, and I made it about forty-five minutes in before I was like, "Nope, I, yeah. I, I can't." <laughs> powerful film that one. Mm. And this one even more powerful. It's not as because the Act of Killing. Yeah, for those who don't know, it 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 it, it goes into. The Indonesian killings of of 1965, and how mm. there's a, a military uprising, and and the government at that point decided to kill all the communists, and and they, oh man, it, it's a terrible thing that the the Indonesian government at this point is sort of they're rewriting history and sort of, of they are. making themselves out to be the hero, uh, but no, they killed so many, they they killed about a million people, I believe, a lot of innocent people. Yeah, and, of course. Yeah, the act of killing chronicles the actual killers and and profiles them and sort of gets into their mind. Um, disturbing. And they reenact their murders. And yeah, it's, it's really disturbing. Disturbing. Um, but the look of silence. Uh, it, it chronicles the survivors. It chronicles uh, the son of um, like okay this this uh, this son. Uh, his mother, um, uh, her her first son was killed during the the the, the, mm-hmm. the, ma- the massacre. So now the son's grown up. He's like forty years old at this point, and and he he goes. This is the the most insane thing. He goes and confronts the killers. Of oh of, yeah, it it is oh god like the stuff that happens on screen like nothing as 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 like. Uh, 
like nothing as like severe and like graphic as active killing but mm-hmm. but him actually confronting these people and having conversations with them like the the the, the heads of the of the military the head of the like the, the the political system that has been trying to um cover up these murders and like and and make them um seem like like um like they were like justified him mm. him this 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 man confronting these people, it is powerful stuff. It is, yeah, it, it does things in a documentary that it, it's rarely seen, The how powerful it is, mm-hmm. how important it is. Uh, man, yeah. So, yeah, it, it is, like, the best film I've seen uh, this year so far. It is amazing. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, the look of silence. Yeah, that, that, that really punched me in the gut. So, yeah, so... Yeah. <laughs> oh wow! Damn. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So, so for those who who have watched the act of killing, and like were really affected by it, if you want a tiny bit of catharsis, even though I'll I'll say, it is very hard to find like catharsis in a situation like this. Mm-hmm. The look of silence um, tries to approach, tries to like, like uh, reach that point of like, okay. Huh. These killings have happened, so what are we gonna do from here on end? So yeah, it, it yeah it is hopeful at times, but mostly it is just it, 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 it astonishing and powerful and yes, it's, it's maybe one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. There you go. Okay. Oh, the look of silence. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it will go on my ever growing watch list. <laughs> yeah. It is definitely one. I mean, I, I'm not. I won't. I wouldn't be surprised if this comes up again during the during Oscar season because mm-hmm. I, I can't think of another documentary so far or one that's coming up that will be as powerful, will be as as yeah. well made as this. So there you go. Oh, all right. Why don't we loosen up now? <laughs> okay. All right. Why don't we jump into the Twitter line? Okay. All right. Um, I just sent you a link. You did. I did. Um, I asked people. I have it up. I asked. Uh, I asked people on Twitter, what were their favorite musical biopics? What are some ah. of their favorites? Um, why don't I read one first, and then I'll toss it to you. Gotcha. All right. Um, Nick Isaac at Nick Isaac on Twitter. Mm-hmm. He responded with "Get on up," the Runaways, and Purple Rain. And then he also commented, "Purple Rain because it fucking counts." <laughs> Uh, yes. Yeah. And and I'll say... Uh, if of- only for Prince. Come on. <laughs> exactly. uh, he's like a magical unicorn of a person. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love Prince. Exactly. And also, the uh, uh, special mention again to The Runaways. Uh, I love that movie. Uh, with uh, Kristen Stewart and uh, Dakota Fanning. I, I, that, mm. uh, yeah. I, I was thinking about it last night when I was watching... Uh, those two music-centric films. But yeah, um, one of my favorites of the last few years uh, in terms of biopics. All right. What do you have, Matt? Uh, No one in particular, but a lot of people named Walk Hard, and uh, rightfully so. Exactly. One of my favorites, even though it is fictional. Uh, It's it's really, really good, though. Yeah, it is good. Uh, That's a movie that I'm surprised even came out because it's just so off the wall. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I have to I have to rewatch that now. <laughs> uh, oh, and uh, Roman Petrov at Comrade Eleven Thirty Eight. Uh, he says Todd Haynes, "I'm not there." The one with six different actors playing Bob Dylan is completely unique and fascinating. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm not there is actually one of my favorites. Yes, uh, mostly because I'm a huge Bob Dylan fan, and that movie is just as mystifying as the man himself. So, yes. yeah, I recommend that wholeheartedly. 
has a Kate Blanchett right at one point playing Bob mm-hmm. Dylan. That's right. Yes, that's where I realized she is my favorite actress. So, yeah, go Kate Blanchett. She rules. <laughs> hey, and also we have uh, Amadeus. Uh, Einstein Arcade says Amadeus, and also Hunter Lurie says Amadeus, and Love and Mercy, which is one. That's I a really good one. I haven't seen Love and Mercy. Oh, you haven't? No, no, not yet. Oh, as soon as you get the chance, definitely check it out. Yeah, uh, another one with uh, Paul Giamatti mm-hmm. playing a uh, what do you piece of shit? <laughs> He's a shit. Another shitty, not shitty Giamatti role, but a, a role where Giamatti is. He a plays shitty a person. piece of human garbage. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, what I would do a literal a literal dumpster of a human being. <laughs> um, Matt, why don't you do one more? Uh, oh. Walk the line and walk hard, which isn't technically a biopic, but nails the genre so perfectly that it feels like one. There you go. So if if anybody gets anything out of this conversation, uh, see Walk Hard. Yeah, go see Walk Hard. See it's walk pretty hard. cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, it's really, really funny, especially that Beatles sequence, which is brilliant. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll watch Walk Hard tonight. <laughs> And yeah, like, and then like the the one I mentioned before, the, where uh, I think Jack White plays Elvis Presley, right? Yes, he does for like, like literally thirty seconds. <laughs> he's like, "Hey, I'm Elvis." <laughs> like, hey, I'm Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, good, good stuff. Yeah, it's kind of great. All right, all right, Matt. As we wrap this up, um, I'm yes. getting I'm getting a wrap it up sign from somebody uh, near me um, because I have to go out shopping. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. um, Matt, any last words? Uh, nothing. I hope you guys liked. Hey, what you watching? Hey, what you watching? And yeah, we we, we hope to bring you more of these um, uh, on a semi regular basis. Uh, just you know, we have to find the time and and yeah. I, you know, hey, uh, we'll be watching movies, so that's not going to be an issue. Um, no, of course not. No, it never is. No, of course not. I mean, on 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 the docket for me soon is I have to watch the documentary, The Ambassador. Um, oh, okay. For the podcast, um, and yeah. Uh, and on the docket for me is uh, I think I've been roped into a Wes Craven marathon. So um, yeah, I'll be doing that. <laughs> Ooh, there you go. Um, and I think tonight is going to be uh, the Serpent and the Rainbow, which uh, has Bill Pullman. It's all about uh, voodoo, and it's all filmed in Haiti. And uh, yeah, okay, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sold. <laughs> all right. Uh, okay, so we'll say oh. Uh, before we go, Matt, um, uh, plugs. Anything you, oh, you want course. to uh, point to people online? Eh, for now, you can ju- I'll just plug uh, my Twitter. You can find me online at the Real Matt C, where you can follow all my uh, all my capers uh, of movie watching. So uh, yeah, find me over there. Great, do that, folks, and make sure to follow Talk Film Society at Talk Film Sock, Talk Film S O C. Um, yeah, go to the website. Um, I hope. Um, down the line, we have a full working website with interesting content. But for now, it is just a landing page with all of the podcast episodes. Oh, and go to SoundCloud. We have um, all of the podcast episodes on there. Uh, SoundCloud.com slash TalkFilmSock. TalkFilmSoc. All right, and that'll do it. Um, thanks for listening to this episode of – what is it, Matt? Hey, what you watching? Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye, folks. Walk hard.